Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast. You've made it through a full year of the podcast, so sit on down and celebrate with us. Yeah, one year. Exactly. Yep. This episode. Anniversary. This is it. Yep. Season finale. Oh anniversary. Did we like stretch oh this out like taffy so that Jeff could have his anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were debating on whether this season was going to have 12 episodes like the last one, but we opted for the final one, like a little extra. And I think it worked out. I feel like it would have been a little too rushed otherwise. For you special listeners, you get a baker's dozen of season two. That's right. It's delicious. Oh, we've got more than just a special episode. Uh, Adam, do you want to give the announcement or do you want me to? No, no, it's all you, my man. So, as part of our special one-year anniversary we're going to be giving away some little promo items. So if you're not already, go ahead and jump on over to Twitter and follow us at emergency PWR pod, because we're going to be giving away for free. Oh, I love them. Emergency power podcast yes. trading cards. Yeah. He's holding up pawns. the main cast. So I'm holding up pawns right now. You can't see it because this is an audio format, but, but it's beautiful. It's pretty we'll freaking pictures, sweet. Don't worry. It's got Ponza's artwork on the front and then on the back, a little description and like a little kind of stat block. But yeah, so we'll be doing a giveaway. Uh, by the time this episode airs, the giveaway will probably already have started. So jump on over there and sign up to win some of these really cool Pawns, Scriff and NR5E trading cards. They're so good. They're yeah. really good. Now I want an Uzi. We need the whole cast. <laughs> you Ooh, know, that's a next great run. idea. Yeah, yeah, maybe next year. Who knows? I like it. I like it. But as of right now, I am far too excited about what's happening here. So I think we need to get this thing going. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's, let's, I'm let's, get, let's get this over so and done ready. with before you explode from the excitement <laughs> you can't contain. Oh, yes. Well, then let's make this intro brief, too, because it's time to turn the key and see what unlocks within the Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume 2, Chapter 13. Oh, my gosh. The luckiest of chapters. Mm -hmm. Everything will be fine. Isbin Espa stares down at the hand of the being found in the stomach of the mountainous beast. This hand, which came from reaches unknown, made of biotech never before seen in the packed worlds and possibly anywhere else. She lifts the hand and watches the light reflect off the obsidian surface, a key hidden inside the cage itself, left to help someone escape or separated from those who could use it. She looks down at Scriff, NR5E, and Pawns and Victor with an expression of determination. Like how I could feel what was happening inside of 5E's databanks, I can feel that this hand, for lack of more accurate terms, has a code breaker or something inside. It's why I could help untangle the memories 
if we can get this program running on this old tech, and she kicks one of the old computers, we can start <laughs> broadcasting a signal that might just be able to unlock the system. Oh. The Cylan are already zeroing in on us. Not to mention, the second we start this code, they're surely gonna start bombarding us. So we need to get the hell out of this place as soon as possible. Well, we don't want to be broadcasting it before we have defenses to protect us. Don't want to see the Wasties clan get demolished by the Cylan. No, we're gonna need something. We're gonna need to distract them somehow. Hmm. All right, so you guys get everybody together at this satellite dish. And once everybody is together, Uzi steps into the middle of the group. All right, Mega Chief Uzi declare this first official War Council meeting. SRG is coming for us, they're coming hard, and Uzi may have only been big man for like a week, but he's going to make sure <laughs> waste his clan, not get pushed around by anyone. Old man tell Uzi that we have family ship, he sure is big. So, if ends we open the skies, goblins, Uzi think, leave Wasteland for good. This planet bad. Don't want to deal with Silent anyway. So he crosses his arm and stands up as tall as he can. Let's lay out plan and make sure Silent never forget fangs of secondhand crew. Wasteys clan. And he looks over at Swarkus. Or Guragatal. Swarkus nods grimly. And then Uzi looks over to you three and yields the floor. Well, I know one thing that I want to do is outfit the Goblin Generational ship to be a warship. We will need the firepower. Adam, do we know if uh do do we know more any more info about this uh signal that Eastman says we can broadcast or can I do a roll for that? Uh, you can roll or you can ask her. Either way. Uh, why not both? <laughs> okay. Eastman, what can you tell us about this signal? Is it encrypted? Will we be able to send it in a way that only we will be able to use it? Uh, I got a 24 on my engineering to ask you this. <laughs> that is pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think this is a all or nothing kind of deal. I think that if we broadcast this signal, it's going to open this system back up. I don't know what will happen exactly when it opens, but if it does, that means not only we will be able to get out, but probably anyone else here, but I don't see any other way to do it. Oh. So we kind of need to take care of the settle-land now. Can we lock it after we go through the door? I kind of doubt it. So the way this program's working is it's like taking a hammer to the lock as opposed to having the key. There's one more thing. Um, a group of people that are not part of this 
conversation here. And Scriff looks over to 5e and Pawns. I gotta get their name. The what the water people? Um oh, they're the Oleron. Like, yeah. The Oleron. This will affect the them who? as well. Absolutely. Will this signal affect more than just the planet? I'm thinking it's going to affect the entire system we're in. I think the system is in a bubble. That's what I think. And your intention is to pop the bubble and release the system? Yes. I think more or less anything that pops this bubble is going to blow it wide open. I don't see there being a way to not do that. As you guys are thinking this over, the ground starts to rumble as if in an earthquake. Pieces of sand shake loose from the ceiling and shower onto the meeting. As everyone is looking around, Festering Boyle, who's standing near Uzi, crosses his hands over the top of his cane and looks down solemnly. The bombardment has begun, it seems. They may not know where we are, but it seems they're willing to turn the sands to glass to drive us out. What, what, what draw them to us? A few things. Um, first, they were looking for you around Io to begin with. Then when Isbin dropped you guys into the ocean, it pinged like their radar caught the um, Right, but I thought we lost hand. them in the sandstorm. Yeah, but they have a general idea. So what he's saying is they're just laying just somewhere waste the to the desert to yeah. try to find you guys. They're probably miles and miles and miles off at the moment. Right, but they're it's dropping enough possible. payload that we can still feel the rumbling. Or underground, so yeah, that, What's, that's and, pretty likely. Like, how timeline-wise, what? how long was this after we had the discussion with Festering Boyle about the ship, the generational ship in the first place? Uh, it has been about an hour. So nothing has been done to... Outfit Not yet, thing. no. You don't know how close they are, but like it was said, they may be quite far away, but they're dropping a lot. How long do we think it'll take to outfit that ship? Give me an engineering roll. 31. I feel like we could probably risk a day's work into something if we wanted to do that. Yeah, okay. So here's how it's going to go because I actually have some mechanics for this that I made special for this. Of course you did. <laughs> so essentially, if you guys and the like your goblin crew of like six goblins, you know, Ratchet, Wrench, Spork, you know, those guys, uh, um, Spork, you probably wouldn't <laughs> be able to get much done. So at this time, as I said, we're not going to dive into the Paizo, uh, the Paizo official base management, resource management stuff, which there are rules for that, and they're super cool. But we're doing something a little different. What we're going to do instead is because you guys are going to need supplies from the goblins here, and you're probably going to need help to do all this manual labor because this ship is huge. What I'm going to have you guys do is to get all of these goblins on board, literally, with this plan I'm going to have you guys give speeches to the oh, Wasties no. clan. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now, you can go up in front of the crowd and you can roll your persuasion skills, as is your right in a tabletop RPG, and you can win them over that way. 
But if instead you give an actual speech, I'll tell you right now, you're going to get a bigger payout from it. And mm. what I have is I have a list of upgrades that can go on this ship. And depending on how well you guys do, you guys are going to get more points of resources to put towards this ship. So the better you guys do convincing the Wasties clan, the better this big ship is going to be in the end. And to be fair, Uzi is also going to give a speech, and I have not written anything down in order to make oh. it fair. <laughs> All right. Do a little improv. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's out there, you know. Um, Festering Boyle's like, we may need to convince the goblin clan in order to help us. So that's that's on you, Mega Chief, and any of those who would be willing to help. So can't Mega Chief Uzi just order them to help? Uh, we need yes, an inspirational role. Exactly. Honestly, you killed the previous Mega Chief. He was not a popular man because he decided to rule things by fear and domination and orders. Those goblins out there would be more willing, I think, to help if they wanted to do it rather than were forced. It seems a sensible course of action. My own oratory modules are a bit rusty, but I believe I can come up with something. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Can, so, can, can, can Pons, like, hand out some flyers to, like, get people to try to gather around <laughs> in a place and be like, come gather, news to behold, like, right? Free beer. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone comes for free beer. Shiny toys and free beer. There is, like, a speaker system that goes throughout this place, so you theoretically could just jump on their old speaker system and do that. Yeah, it's not as fun. Uh, <laughs> Report to Blood Dome for free beer and speech. <laughs> All right, so Isbin pipes up. So, okay, that's a good idea. This ship is obviously a huge asset, but I think it would be best if I stayed here and continued to work on this thing so it doesn't get interrupted and then make sure this broadcasts out. So I think I need to stay behind on this. Yeah, that's that's who's going to fly the ship. I am capable of piloting the vessel in the absence of Captain Espa. And Uzi hops off the computer desk he was sitting on. And in case it is required, Uzi has been studying how to fly ship from 5e. He is smart and he learn. Well, it's good to have a plan F. <laughs> plan G. He, he like starts counting the letters on his fingers. Mm. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> I'm glad he concurs. <laughs> so wait, uh, I have to confirm though. Is to kind of look around the room. Is the plan to attack the Cylan with the generational ship, or are we running away? I think we uh, need to go on board and see what's what's on there. Swarkus speaks up too. Yeah, I have no plans on running away. I'm getting on that ship and saving my people. Pons, I believe we're going to use the second hand as a boarding craft. Oh, all right. Ah, now things are getting exciting. Yes, it sounds like we're going to use this big ship, be like a distraction, and then we get on the second hand, I guess it's called, 
and get on the big ship and take it down from the inside. Um, our troll friend, I believe his name was Cludge. Is that right? Uh, Gludge, yeah. Gludge, excuse me. Is he nearby? Yeah, he's just kind of like sitting outside of the room, just hanging out. Uh, he's there because he's technically part of this, but he doesn't really have anything to input, but he is around, yes. All right. Gludge, I was surprised to see that you did not come into the War Council. You know you are welcome among us. Uh, Gludge only have thoughts of finding mate. When is in same place, Gludge do what Gludge do best. I understand your feelings, and I am very, very sorry for the absence of your mate. I am equally sorry that we have not been able to locate her in our journeys, but I assure you we have been looking. I will posit this to you. I believe that the best chance of recovering her may involve infiltrating the Cylon ship. And if we are to go into such a situation, I can think of no more powerful ally than one such as you. We could use your help to breach the hull, search the cells, strike down their guards, free the prisoners. Perhaps she is among them, or perhaps we will spare others the pain of losing loved ones. I do not ask for an answer now, but please think on it. Gludge stares for a second. They have like a vacant expression most of the time. And then they pull their hands up and crack their knuckles. And it's like one of the loudest things you've ever heard. If Silen have mate, Gludge go and Gludge break. Yes. Excellent. And we will help you break. Give them a taste of their own medicine. The Silen treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're, you're lobbying a little too hard, man. We, we all know what you're good for you. Uh, you talked to Gludge a little bit. Gludge seems like if there's a possibility, this is where she's at. Gludge is on board. So Victor leans in and says, um, I have some information that might be pertinent, judging by what we're doing here and he kind of looks up at the ceiling as if looking out at the sky towards the giant ship that's nuking the wasteland uh, in the city of Cylan uh, they have their most ordained commander who's the high and mighty overlord of everything but they also have their own false triune these three commanders, if you will, Archdukes, one of which is named Archduke Pathon, and he has been dubbed Triune's Wrath. I would assume that this person is aboard this ship if it's off to war. You believe he's in command? We've heard that name before. Yeah, it, it did sound familiar. I'll ask him if uh, Arch, this Archduke Pathon, is, is he in charge? He will likely be in charge of the craft, the, this flagship, yes. What, what type of man is he? Obviously, he just started bombing without any cares. Yes, uh, 
take that bit of information and put it together with the fact that they're essentially trying to be triune, and I think you might have a mark ah. of man. Capturing or eliminating this Archduke Pathon might break their morale or give us an in for a diplomatic solution. It's possible. They're trying to be triune? They're trying to be a god? How is that even possible? I think they're trying to replicate the idea of it to persuade people of their power. So they do not actually seek to claim a divine mantle, but to wield the same amount of influence that Triune does. Right. As I've told some of you before, their version of Triune is very corrupt and self-serving, and it points towards them, if you will. When you say them, who else do you mean? Well, there are two other Archdukes as well. There is Archduke Espermore and Archduke Skarn. They fancy themselves as Triune's Eye, Triune's Shadow, and in case of Pathon, Triune's Wrath. Uh-huh. Should we go into the war room? Is that where we said we were going to do some speeches? or? That's where you guys are all right now. You guys are probably going to want to get out in front of the main area, probably in front of Uzi's Mega Chief tent. Yep. That's where there's like a platform to do that. Can so. I get like some sort of official badge or something that gives us a status in this clan? Like that would be cool. I think everybody in the Wasty clan already pretty much knows who we are. I'm and sure. Not yeah. to mess Hans with us. would feel really like official if he had something. <laughs> so, well, one thing was when you guys um, put Mega Chief Uzi on the throne, they inundated you with all sorts of like necklaces and all sorts of yeah. jewelry, that kind of stuff. Bones. So you could just throw on that. Yeah, you could put right. your bone armor on. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll decorate myself in whatever I can find. Get like a weird ring ornament around my brain of just all sort of shiny and little oh, pieces of bones. A, a skull as a helmet, so it yes. just looks like a normal brain in a skull. Where would you find a skull <laughs> that big? I don't know. The we only one troll. big enough is on we the front troll. of your ship. How, how big is a troll's head? Um, the troll's still using it, though. Do you plan to take it? Yeah. No, I don't plan to take it. I'm just saying, that's where we might be able to find one. We, we have one for scale, but I don't think you can use it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys get fancied up to go do these speeches, right? Yeah, I'll polish the old exoplating. Now, are we giving individual speeches or are we giving like a collective speech? Ah, oh, come on. This is the moment. This is the we're about to go to war moment. You got to give a speech. Like I said, I'm going to throw one out there, too. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm <laughs> me neither. OK, so you guys start passing around flyers. And then while Pons is doing that, Uzi gets on the mi- megaphone and is like, They're going to be big, important speech. Everyone gather around the Mega Chief War Tent. I'm like halfway handing a person one and be like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you've oh. gotten out like never, six never of them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works too. Hey, but it was embroidered. Look at the design on it. It's, it's pretty. Mm, just hang that up. He even used a word art. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, so here's how we're gonna decide who goes when. We're gonna each roll a 1d20, and then whoever has the highest number is gonna go first. Okay, Uzi's got a nine. Five egos on eight. Three. Three. Jack got a one. Jeff got a one, <laughs> so he's going last. Good, that gives mm. Scriff more time to prepare for his speech. I love that everyone was sub 10. <laughs> Scriff walk, walks off and goes and does something to prepare. <laughs> okay. By those numbers, that means Uzi's gonna go first, then 5e, then Pawns, and then Scriff. Although I don't know if I like Scriff and clean up on this. Uh, <laughs> usually yeah. you save the best for last. I don't think that's the case here. No, no, I think you got it. You're going to nail it. The crowd begins to gather around. More and more come out of the buildings and the tents and come over and surround the stairs to this hut. The entirety of the group who's involved with this, not counting Isben because she didn't want to come, is up in front and Uzi takes a step forward as is his right as Mega Chief. He definitely wanted to go first. He looks out over his people. This is big day. Perhaps biggest day we have ever had since landing on terrible, horrible planet. <laughs> okay. Silan. The horrible people who oppressed all of Goblin Clan for our lifetimes and our father's lifetimes and grandfather's lifetimes are coming here to finish job. There's like this murmur out in the crowd like, oh God, oh, no, no. But while Uzi may have only just become Mega Chief, Uzi has cared about the clan since birth. He watched father be mega chief. It was always Uzi's dream to help clan. And now is time for we being smart goblins have secret weapon. We have giant ship that goblins came to planet on. The crowd's like, what? Never having heard of this before. It has been kept secret just in case for time like this. He looks over at his father and his father nods. Has been passed down from mega chief to mega chief. And now we are going to take big ship. We are going to take to skies and we are going to show Silan goblins Never be pushed around again. Here, here. And he takes a step back and gestures over to 5e. 5e's servos buzz and whir as he approaches the makeshift microphone. And he says, You know us as Tollies, but we are more than that. Look at us. Disparate, different, yet equal and bound together in purpose. Robot, Isoki, contemplative, we are not unlike you. 
The people of this world must unite as we have united. Yes, the Wasties are a powerful people, but it is not just you who have been held under the heel of the Cylon in this cycle of oppression. It is the Oleron, it is the Garugatal, it is the Trolls, it is all who set foot on this planet, and yes, even among the Cylon, there are some who are oppressed. Some who may hear the call of freedom if we strike hard at these abusers. Say their names, say them without fear. I do not fear Pathon, nor Espermor, nor Skarn and their false triune. We will strike them where it hurts. We will show them that freedom is more powerful than oppression. And we will take this planet back for you and all of its citizens. Dude, the crowd is starting to go wild right now. Dang. <laughs> but we cannot do it without you. Yeah. Very nice. Can I just pass? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it right there? You really want Pons said, to go after that? You can roll if you want to. You know his personality, right? This, roll this around is gonna... the world. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can roll away from the situation. Yeah, I just feel like we should leave them on that high. You can absolutely. Yeah, you can absolutely stop right there. It's just like I said, you get more points if you guys keep going. I'll, I'll kind of look at you, Scriff, and be like, "Should I go up there?" I don't know. That was really good. All right. <laughs> well, 5e is stepping away from the microphone platform. <laughs> Scriff is throwing up into a bag. <laughs> uh, Pons will kind of walk up uh, and tap the mic a couple of times. Check, check, check. Oh, okay. It seems to be working. I'll just say all every, everything I'm saying is going to be somewhat into the microphone. Um, I'd like to thank you all for coming out here tonight. Uh, I, I, I see, uh, who, who's that? It's, um, fungus between toes. He, he bought some, uh, smut from me earlier. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh oh, I see a couple other familiar faces out there. Thank you, thank you for all for, for joining. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his name was. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they between toes, the old chief? No. No. He, he's talking about just the <laughs> random guy he sold the, um, Vesk poster too. Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah. When, when I when I when I first brought uh, got here, I was I, I was thinking that it was kind of a, a, a dingy place, and uh, I was I was afraid. And after everything we've been through, and and all all the the support and the and the friends that we've we've made here, I can. Surely say that uh, I, I now feel like this clan is still part of the very small family I otherwise would have, and I will do anything to protect it. And I hope that everyone will join us in this endeavor and fight everything they have against the Cylan. And I just kind of nod to a couple other people that I'm, I'm kind of personally looking at. I'm like, that's that's all. That's all I have to say. Right, you, you don't get a raucous cheer like you did with 5e, but as you look around, you can see a few people nodding. The like the family aspect really got to them more than anything else. Like you stumbled at the beginning, but you recovered nicely at the end. 
All right, so Pawns floats back into the line. Does Scriff do anything? Takes one more drink. Scriff leans over, grabs their brown paper bag, <laughs> throws up one more time. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh, I got this. I got this. It's, it's just it's just several thousand goblins wanting to be inspired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you say this, uh. and it picks up a little bit over the mic. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, hello, everyone. Uh, you know me. I my name is Scriff. Hi, Scriff. Um, I, I, I work on the ships. And oh, hi! I see you over there, wrench. Hi, how are you? Wrench holds up the wrench and waves it. Um, so the the ship is really big, and uh, pull up cat. And uh, in the time between now and uh, when we were told we were going to be doing a speech, Scriff has been working on a uh, like a PowerPoint projection <laughs> slide, <laughs> and so he hits a couple buttons on his uh, on cat and a big hollow projection of the ship it just takes up the entire screen uh the ship is a is a generational ship from your ancestors they built it to travel to the stars finding new things to discover and salvage we are going to make it into a warship and you see the the hologram begins to transform with all of the planned modifications that Scriff has. So like uh, a bunch of plates of of steel and other more advanced components peel away and transform into these gigantic guns yeah. and whatnot and and armor plating that looks much more sleek. Yes. The, the engines become much more filled out and uh, imposing and a big old like bone battering ram on the front of it because it just has to be adorned with bones if it's going to be for goblins. I really like yes. the front part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, the, the crowd is like silent right now as they're just like, you see mouths open as this projection pops up and it shows this big ship. Yes. Uh, I and and there's like a little goblin for scale uh, yes. next to it. You can see it like it on starts, top of the ship waving, the goblin and then it zooms out yeah. to show the whole ship. Perfect. Yes. Love it. Yeah. So you can get a sense of the scale of this thing, and uh, it says, if we are successful, the Wastes clan will no longer be stuck in the wastes. You will be able to roam the galaxy finding new and exciting things for yourself the way your ancestors did. And, and, and oh, that's the end of my presentation. Thank you very much. Yeah, that okay. was pretty good. That was pretty solid. Uh, it, impressive visual aid. Well done. Yeah, I, I think you I get the something. impression that visual aid's really good for goblins. Yeah. Yeah, Scriff's not very good at, at the talking part, but they can put together a presentation. It's the equivalent That's of rolling smart. out a mobile unit in front of a class full of kindergartners. No, we needed someone to back up Uzi's yeah. claim, though, so that actually, that was good. Yeah, that was really good. All right, so once you step up... Oh, 
And one more team. <laughs> Uzi's about uh, to if step you want up there, to sign- and you come and like step back in. <laughs> Grab the mic one more time. One more thing. Uh, I, I need volunteers to work on the ship. If you want to get a close-up look and learn more about it, uh, you can come see me after class. I mean, after the presentation. I mean, after the, the meeting. <laughs> Uzi just kind of gently takes the mic. Okay, I'm done now. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And, and uh, yo, go, go goblins. Okay, okay, bye. I'm going now. Crusties. <laughs> okay, so Uzi gets back on there and says, Our plan is leave this place. So we are going to need as many people as possible help on big ship. So we're going to start pulling off parts of walls. We're going to take things we don't need anymore and put it on ship. As many people as can possibly help. You come help. Then... If you cannot help, is you is too old or you is too young, you take things and put on ship because Wasties clan is getting out of Wasties. Oh, and bones. We need bones for the front. He 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 Lots puts his bones. hand over the mic. Oh, we got bones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. I, I got a very serious. Let's take the town and push it somewhere else. Five from that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put as much as we can in a More ship and fly it away. Take the whole town, <laughs> stack it in a ship. Rebuild later. Okay. So as you guys step back into the tent, there's actually a pretty substantial cheer going on. It seems like you guys actually killed it pretty well out there. Scriff's got a clipboard out front taking down, like, sign-ups for, uh, for different positions. I'll give this clipboard back to oh, you later, yeah. Pons. I, was gonna, I need to borrow I was going to write down, have uh, in our 5e finish speech for next time. <laughs> so just make sure you note that in there. Yeah, and he, he can go last next time. That was, that yeah, was good. Yeah, we'll do that next time. That's a good plan. <laughs> okay, so here's what happened. Basically, as you guys were doing speeches, I gave you a dice size based on how solid the speech was. Oh, and, man, you graded you know, us? I graded you guys, and then I rolled it to see uh, how many resource points you guys got from these well, goblins. What, gra- what was right? my grade? <laughs> I don't know if I should reveal that to the class. <laughs> <laughs> Did, was it graded on a curve? <laughs> um, it was graded on a trajectory, which is upward. You just there's a I, I pull you can't see it because it's a podcast, but I just pulled up a board and it's got an arrow that points up on the graph. Uh, it's a non-zero number. Stonks. Yes. Stonks. <laughs> Stonks. Okay, so here's some options of what you can do with this ship. First off, requirement. First one needs a drift drive. That's got to happen with the resources you guys are getting. It has to. Then you guys can put a main cannon. You can put defense guns for like if ships come up and try to attack. Uh, You can put missiles, torpedoes, armor plating, engines, upgrades, defensive lasers. And if you guys have any ideas, you can throw them out there. And I have points based on it. And I will say that all of the things I just listed, based on the points that you guys got from the speech, you guys can literally do all those. All right. Hell all yeah. right. Because yeah. you guys killed it out there. That was awesome. 
Okay. So yeah, if you have any other ideas, basically let me know. I, I do think that thematically and based on the situation that we're in, as far as armor goes, I think that some kind of ablative armor would be the best. Ooh, okay. Like it's just designed to take a bunch of hits one time and then just and then fall, fall off. Away. And mm, so it buys okay. them enough time to get away. And that's that's kind of what we're looking for. Like they, they don't necessarily need to be, that ship doesn't need to be the one that takes down the Cylan if we can get those people away. Cause you know, that one's got a lot of women and children goblins on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they Our just job need is to, to be take up down there, the distract, yes. and keep moving while yeah. you guys get on there. So I think definitely the armor should be okay. a blade of armor. It's also cheaper, I think. We get more bang for buck if we're talking rules side of it, but whatever. Uh, with the points that you guys got from the resources, you have enough to do regular armor plating and a sheath on top of that. Cool. Excellent. Um, I definitely want a main cannon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we, we're going to get a main cannon. I was thinking it would be cool to make some little uh, fighter planes. Ooh, okay. That can, okay. like, fly around and harass the They're remote controlled or, like, single goblins in them? Yeah, single goblin goblin fighters. Star fighters. So they're yes. like, oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. <laughs> They just are like a goblin glider with an engine on the back. Yeah, yeah, more <laughs> or less. Hanging out there, more or, or less. A little turret. <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds amazing. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, you guys have enough points for that. Uh, after that, you probably have enough points for like one more real good one, and then you'll be out. If you have any other ideas. So cannon armor. We we have do we have side guns? We need to get some. Yeah, the um, defensive guns are going to be the ones on the sides that are going to be okay. shooting off. I don't know what else. What about something that could deploy, um, and you might even be able to tie this into the Abolid armor, something that could deploy like shrapnel bits that could be used to throw off homing weapons. So, for example, if they tried to target them with um, seeking Ooh. torpedoes or something, they can kind of throw off flak. Chaff. So a massive goblin-sized version of your trash cannon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I'm sure they had plenty of that trash That shouldn't be around. many points. They've got garbage all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All they have to do is put a catapult on the ship. Yes. No, no, no. Okay, do you guys want your trebuchet? Yes. Yes. Yes, of yeah, course we want a trebuchet. trebuchet. You can got it, it. Can it be like a dorsal fin on the top, but you actually release it and then you go and like flips up and launches stuff? That'd be amazing. Awesome. <laughs> okay, you guys got it. How many how many points are we looking at now? Like, do we have any left? If it's something small, we could get away with it, but that's about it. I I was thinking like a one-time use uh, turbo boost for Ooh. the for the thrusters. Just a quick overdrive. Yeah. Hmm. If it's a one-time use, all right. Yeah, I could see that going in there. So you guys 
You rolled so well, you inspired the troops. And this yes. is where we cue the montage. Montage! <laughs> it's been a few I'll of those last episode. <laughs> yes, the scenes of, you know, goblins climbing all over the ship, definitely not wearing safety harnesses, like holding giant welders, like hitting nah, things with hammers, lines of goblins holding all of their possessions, moving getting into the elevator a group at a time goes down comes back up gets another only takes four minutes each time <laughs> but the ship starts coming together and they start pulling off like parts of the hangar walls that are like the best steel they can find to put on this thing it started off looking like a junkyard and it still looks like that, but it's a better looking, bigger, beefier junkyard. Now it's a junkyard. mobile junkyard. It's a yeah. mobile junkyard with a trebuchet on top. Yes. Just to top it off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everything's better with trebuchets. That's how we can get aboard the Silent ship. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we have technology. Mm, that's a choice. <laughs> We're not using that. Point of order, a trebuchet is not a conveyance method. Not with that attitude. <laughs> with all these goblins helping, led by the second-hand crew, it takes about three days to get all this done. Of Essentially oh, shifts good time. non-stop. Yeah, there's, when there's people sleeping, other goblins are working. I, I feel like we're in like this crazy war zone, too, with all the bombing yes. that must be happening. At, like. So, well, that one is kind of close. And then, All this um, while, that rumbling is getting closer and closer. And as you guys scramble to get all of the things put on the ship in time, the rumbling gets so powerful that the roof of the main cavern where everyone used to live begins to crumble in because it's basically made out of sticks and sand. Hmm. So it falls in. But fortunately, you guys convinced everybody to come out. So even inside the Mega Chief's tent, where there's thousands of hanging trinkets, they begin to sway and shudder from the rumbling as this roaring noise grows louder and ever closer. As the Cylans flagship, the God Scythe, blots out the Sapphire Sun and prepares to call down a storm of hellfire in this area. Oh my god. All throughout the compound, alarms are blaring. The goblins finish boarding the Explodernator. <laughs> the doors shut behind them, and ahead of them are the reinforced hangar doors. And with a command from the ship, they begin to unlock for the first time in probably three quarters of a century. They grind angrily to life and slide mournfully apart. A wall of packed sand stands in the way. Since Uzi is on the second hand, he has left command of the ship over to Festering Boil. Festering Boil calls for a hail of gunfire and they blow the wall of sand out of the way and it erupts in this giant sand mushroom. And the Explodernator's engines roar to life as it takes off out of the hangar. It begins to rise up 
and it bursts through the cloud layer like a whale breaching the surface of water. Metal. As it does this, it begins to fire the cannons in all directions. And Uzi over the comm links, watching from the front of the ship, shouts out, Ah! <laughs> fire, fire, fire! <laughs> Let them know goblins lay claim to skies! <laughs> On your radar, the massive blip of the god scythe banks and begins to reorient towards the explodernator. One-man fighters begin to careen out of it towards this generational goblin ship. At the same time, because you guys have some of your own, they begin to launch to counter fight these other ships, and this large-scale battle begins. As the god scythe engages, give me a piloting roll as you take off from your own hangar. All right. Is Ispin still in the satellite room? Yep. Oh. NR5E orients the second hand toward the god scythe and punches the thrusters, beginning evasive maneuvers with a 29 piloting. All right. Very nice. All right. So the second hand starts blasting off. It is more sluggish than usual because you just have a ton of huge people in the back. But you can compensate for it. You know this ship by now and you blast out of this hangar and careen straight at the flagship. At the same time, as these giant ships engage, Isbin Espa hits the button and the roof over the satellite dish begins to open so she can begin running the code breaker. As that happens, over the radio, you start getting heavy static. It seems to be interfering. So you nose the second hand directly towards the silent flagship. And as it screams through the sky, you get your first look at this true behemoth. More than a ship, it appears to be like a flying city. A brilliant crimson and gold blade flying through the blue. Skyscraper buildings climbing from its surface. At its center, an opening of the buildings create the illusion of a valley and it has a long launch platform that stretches to the bow. But the thing that refuses to be ignored about this ship, three massive interconnecting rings to the port, the starboard, and above the craft. A giant monument to Triune. Your ship detects large buildups of energy within the ring Pinpoints of energy begin to mass there, floating in space inside these rings and steadily growing. And as you guys fly at this thing and it, you hurtle towards destiny, we're going to cut away for a second. Back to the satellite control room. Isbin Espa pours feverishly over the computer, all 15 fingers flying over the keyboard lines of code streaming past her insectoid vision until she notices something out of the corner of her vision. It's almost imperceptible, but right now she's noticing everything. Oh no. She slowly turns to a broken window and stares at it, and there's the slightest refraction of light there, suspended in the open air. 
Isvin Espa presses the button to run the program that she was working on and stands up to her full height. Alone in the abandoned goblin camp, she flexes the being's hand that was attached to her, and with a sudden and powerful calm, she says, I've been waiting for you. I'll be taking my hand back. Back at the second hand. What? It's time to roll for initiative. Oh my god, I knew that something was gonna happen to Isbin. Uh, we should have space battle with her. Space. Mango space. Okay, so I have brought everybody over to a map. The skies above this planet bathed in blue light. And we're doing ship combat a little bit differently today. Cool. Okay. So since the Explodernator is taking the brunt of this combat, instead of traditional combat here, this is how it's going to go. First, I would like you all to welcome back Disaster Dice. Ah, you guys yay. remember that, don't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to take your turns rolling D100s, and that will determine what resistance you face as you attempt to board the God Scythe. Also, as before, I will roll initiative for these events. And if your ship's initiative beats mine, then you'll have more time to react to the situation's consequences. Now, unlike last time, you can land on the particular event more than once. However, I won't have it be the same thing twice in a row. Okay? Mm-hmm. Point of order, I would have objected more vociferously last time if I'd known you were calling them disaster dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I called them that last time on, on, on air. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So also, instead of declaring rolls on the ship and acting in phases, you're all going to go at the same time and you're going to have three actions, one for each of you as well as a move action. So example, you can move and then do like evade, shoot torpedoes, de deploy trash ball, you know, whatever you want to do. You can also call on people on board the ship to help. So I encourage you to get creative with your actions as you look right. for solutions for the problem because you guys have a really interesting crew on board here. Oh yeah, we have a lot of people right now. Okay, and for those people who cannot see the map, to try to do justice to the scale of this warship, instead of a hex map, we're using standard squares and zoomed way out. Due to the speed you guys are going, you guys are gonna move two squares at a time per round. And if you get past, like if you get to the 10th square, that means you've made it up to the God Scythe. Okay? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. As pilot in our 5e lands a 24 for the initiative roll for the second hand. Nice. Very nice. Very Excellent. Nice. Okay, so here's how it's going to go in this order. As far as who rolls the disaster dice, we're going to go Jeff, Richard, Pons. Or not Pons, Cooper. No, I, you can call me Pons. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what do you get on the disaster dice? I got an 83. An 83. Okay. So, we're starting this one out with a bang. Uh, who's who's getting banged? Phrasing. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why, it's still the running joke in my head that Scriff and Isbin at one point throughout this definitely hooked up. So every no. time there's a joke about that, I'm <laughs> <No>. just... <laughs> it keeps going. 
I missed that subtext. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It was just, uh, there's been a few comments that have two been made. episodes ago. Yeah, I remember. Cooper that one. was like, "You're pregnant with Scripps babies?" Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. That was okay. the big news. So here's what's happening. You beat the initiative of this particular event. So what you see is the on the three rings of Triune, you see one of them reach this peak energy level. It's locked onto the Explodernator, and it's about to unleash its main cannon on them. While it may not be aimed at the second hand, there's this sheer amount of heat and power that are going to blast right by you guys. So I'm going to need a piloting check in order to avoid this. Can do. Piloting check is a 28 to evade the heat ray. 28. Okay. And can you guys see the change on the map? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's like a, a freaking side scroller, like top down shooter. That's what it looks like. Uh, One of those big this lasers. This is definitely not a bullet hell game right now. Yeah. yeah. It's about 10 like, times bigger than our ship. Yeah. You guys swerve, and the paint on the bottom of your ship just <laughs> sears off as this giant laser passes by and flies at the Explodernator. You see from the catapult a giant thing of trash fly out to try to mess with the lock-on as it's as it swerves to the side and the cannon whoa, f- flies right by the explodernator oh, note to goodness. self order more matt gray primer <laughs> no one will be able to see our name on our ship anymore no you guys are gonna have to get it professionally done okay you guys now can take your turn all right uh i'll start scriff is going to provide some more power to them engines because we're not fast enough (laughs) we need to be faster okay go ahead give me a roll uh engineering 23 okay so for this round you guys are gonna move three squares instead of two i'm giving it all she's got captain very nice all right so pons is gonna launch a magic torpedo at the ship ahead of us Let's see. It's going to be an 18 to hit. Okay. Um, You should have more than that because you can roll mysticism with those. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we will worry about that later because an 18 is enough to track. All okay. right. Let's see what the damage is on that. Haven't rolled this in a while. Seven. Seven damage. Okay, because of the scale of this battle, it is in flight and it will happen next round. Got it. All right, you guys have one action left and don't forget to move where you want to move. Um, As 5e nudges the pilot stick forward to try to get the most out of the extra momentum that Scriff has bought us with his engineering. Real quick, Adam, can can we kind of think outside the box here? Oh, absolutely, please. 5e looks back at Victor and says, is there any way you can scramble the minds of those pilots? Ooh. Um, I would ask Pons, but he's a bit busy at the moment. I'll do what I can. I we'll see. This is it's a distance, but I'll do what I can. Your efforts are appreciated. Okay, so Victor sits down on a chair 
closes his eyes and puts his hands together and starts trying to channel his energy out into space. You you more like an X-Men type of vibe here, but yeah. Okay. So, because this is definitely outside the box, I'm going to have them roll to try to resist this. Okay. Um, he can only do one at a time, but he manages to reach the mind of one of the three ships, the southernmost one. They okay. try to resist, but he's in there and essentially distracting them and deterring them. So they're going to take negatives to their attack abilities. Excellent. Nice. That's what I wanted. That's pretty cool. Perfect. That's that's an example of what I wanted, but, you know, <laughs> it'll do. <laughs> okay. So their turn. They're going to move up. They only get to do one because they're small and slower than you guys. Okay, one of them is in range, so they're going to fire their main cannon. And let's see, does an 18 hit you guys? Yeah, 18 will definitely hit. beat our AC of 16 on the second hand. Okay, so that hits you guys for six damage. Ouch. Okay. Round two. All right, and then... Uh, who rolls this time for the D100? Okay, that's going to be Richard, and go ahead also do initiative again, Richard. Alrighty. Second hand's initiative this round is a 27. Beautiful. And the disaster die roll is a 13. Okay. A battalion's worth of anti-vessel defense turrets piston their way out onto the side of the ship, and they begin firing their rotating barrels at the second hand, filling the skies with this hailstorm of lead. And they're going to take attack rolls on you. Um, but because you rolled higher than the uh, initiative, you guys can roll piloting to see if you can half the damage. It's like a All save, right. essentially. Uh, 5e uh, begins evasive maneuvers once again and shouts back, if you're not strapped in, I recommend holding on to something. Piloting check is a 31, yes. baby. Gosh, nice. you guys. Keep in okay, it Okay, let me All roll right. some damage. Okay. So if you hadn't made that check, you would have taken 16 damage. However, this time you have half oh. it to eight. Excellent. Oh, but but NR5V has uh, evasion, right? So he takes uh-huh. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the bullets comes through the window, and he just dodges out of the way of that. You that know, should be cannon. That's pretty cool. That that occurred to me for a second, and I said, you know, I'm just gonna let it go. And Jeff will probably say something anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, I will. <laughs> Seems unfair, though. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Take your turn. You got three actions and a move. Uh, no, 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 no. You guys go ahead. Actually, let me execute the move before we uh, do anything, if that's cool. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, 5e is going to uh, maneuver the ship directly in front of the one that's been scrambled okay. in hopes of us being able to pick off an easier target. Okay, you got it. We're going for a death run toward the weak man. Do I have to make my uh, boost the thrusters again so that he can move oh, three that's uh, a good like point to. okay yeah that's a good idea that's a good position because that's what i was gonna do okay uh that's a 35 on that <laughs> i yes. say that'll do it that's great so that first Very torpedo nice. should hit the ship in the center for seven damage um 
but then let's go ahead. I want to do a light ship tether. I, what does that weapon actually do? Uh, that like holds ships in place with gravity. Ooh. So you can All like right. board them and that kind of thing. But get creative with it if you can think of something. Well, would they still be able to turn? Um, if they can't escape, they're going to be just locked in with you. So it's like the one directly. Yeah, so the one directly above us, like we're not in its firing range if I did that to it. So it wouldn't be able to move and attack us, right? What the norm, what the gravity cannon normally does in regular ship combat is it makes them take uh, the lower of two rolls for their initiative. Oh, huh. I don't know if that would have any use here. Um, think creatively with it. It's more fun if it can do something cool. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the health is going to be on any of these guys, so I, I think we could probably charge in with one more movement. One, it might take another turn. So I'll guess I'll, I'll try to stall this middle ship, which I think we're currently out of its attack range. Uh, it's only oh no, it's a twelve. That's only with a plus two. Do I have any more bonuses to that? Probably not. No. Um. <laughs> so you want to just grab one of the ships and hold them to the side or move them? Basically. What do you want to do? I'd want to keep them from moving. Okay. So we don't get attacked on the next round from it. <laughs> okay, so you shoot out this cannon and a wave of gravity hits this ship and these things are just little, sad, single fighter pilot guys. So you just start flipping it around and the guy inside definitely is vomiting in there. Oh, but nice. They're just like spinning around. Um, because <laughs> they all have turreted guns, they're still technically in range, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them a huge penalty to try to shoot at you. It's going to be spinning in, nice. a spiral, as, in a spiral as the bullets are just flying. Yeah, they're just firing everyone as he barrel rolls through space. Do a barrel roll! That's a neat trick. All right, I rolled for all three of them, including the one that is spinning around. That guy's just firing wildly. There's no chance. And the others miss you as well. I think they're too disturbed about what's happening with that ship. They're like, what is this? Oh! All right. <laughs> so you guys managed to avoid damage completely. Uh, as you're gravity holding this ship, the torpedo comes in and smashes right into the front of it, and it explodes for seven damage, which at this point, this thing looks horribly damaged. It looks almost dead. Oh, nice. Uh, do I get to roll the disaster dice this time? Um, you guys still have uh, one action. You oh, can have do. someone else try to shoot at that or whatever you want to do. Uh, why don't we send Sorkis back onto an uh, extra turret if we have one available? You got it. Well, what did we? What turret did we use? We used the gravity we gun. We just used the yeah. gravity gun. So we, we have, have the, the magical torpedo. torpedoes, uh -huh. which don't okay. have to roll mysticism. Yeah, they can just be normal torpedoes. Swarkus will jump on the magic torpedo. Well, he should. He should just shoot it. He shouldn't ride it. We need him. <laughs> Hashtag no king shaming. <laughs> no, he's going to Doctor Strange Love all the way over to the ship. <laughs> Well, if that's the case, he should use the the ship tether, so that that's he can. That's a pretty good weekend in Vegas with all this stuff. Okay, he fires the torpedo, and because you guys are so close, that thing 
boom, explodes into Excellent. dust We just in the fly air. through the cloud of yeah. dust that we create from that ship. Let's go. Excellent work. One of three targets eliminated. Keep going. Okay, disaster dice time. Cooper. All right. What is it? And Adam, what uh, what square do we actually have to reach to succeed? Anything in that line looks that like. One. So we're yeah. four away. You guys are four away. Okay. That was a 74 for the disaster dice. 74 for the disaster dice. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Richard. Give me initiative roll. Once again, initiative of 31. 31. Okay. These starfighters can't handle my steez. <laughs> they can't. You're so much better than these poor unfortunate fighters. So as you guys are getting close to this giant ship, it shoots out from these tubes. Thum, 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 thum. A, like several swarms of drones that fly at you. Who knew? Uh, those are like even smaller, but automated little yeah. ships, right? Yeah, they're automated and there's just a bunch of them in these groups flying straight at you. We need like a shotgun or something. That wouldn't be a bad idea. I've really been enjoying zooming the map to different vantage points as this combat has gotten closer. It's felt <laughs> very immersive. I'm glad. Oh, I see them now. They, they actually look like modern They're very tiny on this map. They're really yeah. tiny. That's hilarious. Okay, so if you guys want, because you beat the initiative again, <laughs> you can try to shoot down particular swarms with one of your actions before they get to the ship and start doing whatever they're going to do to you. Can we fly through their squares? Yes, you can fly through their squares, but they will then do whatever they're going to do. And just blow them up? It'd be like provoking an attack of opportunity, I would imagine. Essentially, yes. So they seem like they're trying to get to you. If you go to them, they're more than happy about it. We might be able to spend like a, a an action, one of our actions to evade that, like basically tumble. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah that is that. a thing. Absolutely. I think what I want to do, if this is okay, Adam, I want to try and push the engines even harder. Can I spend a resolve point to try and make the ship go even faster? Okay, you want to try oh. to get to this. In, in this round, yeah. I want to try Ooh, to get it, get to it like in this round. Blip the drift, the drift drive or something? Just <laughs> tap it for a, I just, just, like, just a second? Tap it with my wrench yeah. to turn it on for a second. <laughs> That's not how drift works, but <laughs> who cares? <laughs> well, I can't push it any harder than a cotton. Okay. Um, I just start I pouring set... tequila into the ship's engine. <laughs> oh, jeez. Tequila is not the answer to everything. It is today. <laughs> I will set a DC in my head. It's not going to be an easy one, but I will give you a shot to overload the engines as hard as you can, redline those things. Hey, we destroy them. I think that's okay. Okay. We rebuild. Uh, I got stronger. a 24. Mm. Oh, 24 does not do it. Of course You not. jump back on there and you mess with those engines, but she's already given it all she's got. So you can, because you got a 24, you can still take your three spaces, but you're not going to get your extra fourth. 
Okay, we should still blow this thing up that's right in front of us, or I guess we could run past that one and try to blow the, sh the actual ship up. Yeah, it's up to you. You guys have two more actions and a move. Are you guys okay with that? Like, go past this drone and then try to blow up the actual ship directly ahead of us so we can keep going forward? I'm good with it. That sounds fun. Okay. You guys are going to fly through the drone swarm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight ahead. All right. Okay. So am I ending my movement on this square or am I pushing into the ship square? Well, I think we could fire before that happens and see yeah, if we kill it, Yeah, you can it, fire right? before that happens. Can I help with my mysticism of that magic missile or do I have to, like, retake over that position? Um, we, which position? The magic missile. Yeah, what pilot, about it? Pilot. Can I uh, attack using mysticism if I... Uh, yes. yes. Okay. I don't really know. I mean, I know my bonus to it, so... All right. It, it just uses your ranks in mysticism, not your total. So the, I get a bonus equal to my ranks? Yeah, so the attack roll would be 1d20 mm -hmm. plus the ranks in mysticism plus uh, your wisdom modifier. Oh, geez, that's so complicated. <laughs> just fire the torpedo. <laughs> it, it's basically an attack roll, but instead of your base attack bonus, it's your mysticism ranks. I don't want to do math in this. What, what, are, we, what are we talking about? <laughs> Roll the attack, Cooper. Holy <laughs> crap. That was a natural 20, everybody. Ladies Doesn't and gentlemen. Doesn't matter what the math is. Yes, that's the best time. Okay, go ahead and roll damage for me. This is the giant brain says, I don't want to do math. Uh, <laughs> I'll just kill it. Yeah. Critical? I guess yeah. I hit that, right? All right, eight damage. Okay. This is what that shows. All right, so you fire at this thing, and it's only a short distance away. The torpedo smashes into this thing. And because of what was happening with Victor messing with this guy's head and you getting a natural 20, you see it explode. And maybe 5e, you could see this. The pilot seems to go unconscious as their plane starts veering down towards the earth below and they are out of this combat. All right. That effectively eliminates two of the three targets. And let's go ahead and move straight through that drone. Okay. You still have one action left. So you could take a shot at those drones or something like that. Uh, has Scriff already taken an action? I boosted yes. the engines. Okay. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's have Sorkis try and um, blast through those drones so we have a clear path to the um, God Scythe. Okay, you guys already used the torpedo, so he's going to use the gravity tether, and he's going to try to fling these drones out of the way. I like it. Perfect. Nice. Okay. Fortunately, swarms, very easy to hit. He did not roll great, but it's enough. So he catches the swarm, and he's going to... Real quick, somebody give me a heads or tails. Tails. <laughs> okay, you got it. He <laughs> that was synchronized. He swings the gravity over and he's gonna smash this drone swarm into the one right next to it. Yes! Perfect. And they're gonna take damage from that. Alright. Oh gosh, yeah. Destroys most of those drones. There's like barely any left. Well, if we're boosted, then we can use our movement to clear the Rubicon. 
Yep, you guys need to move one more square. So that means oh, we need okay. one more roll on the disaster dice. Back to well, that's going to yeah. be a 97. Oh, okay. And in the meantime, our piloting check for initiative is a 27. 27. Okay, let me roll as well. It was much closer this time, but you still yes. it. Oh my gosh. Okay. As the main cannons once again fire at the Explodernator, go ahead, because again, you beat the initiative. Go ahead and see if you can get out of the way of this thing. Is it the same ring that's firing? This is a different ring. So the wouldn't it be coming in right from a different side. angle? Yeah, the last I, one was like up here. Yeah, it was. This yeah. one was down here. Ah. I zoomed in and then I was like, oh, that's right in the center now. Everyone, hold on. It's about to get bumpy again. Ugh, not as good this time. Only a 19. Oh, okay. We're going to be taking some damage from the heat of the giant cannon. The, the laser that is 10 times bigger than our ship. <laughs> Okay. That is going to be 21 damage oh. to the ship. We are at below 50% hull points, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah, technically we should have taken some uh, critical thresholds. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I, I have a thing for this. Hold on. Ooh. All right. So this first critical effect is going to affect the engines. Oh, and okay. unfortunately, we don't need those anymore, right? Oh, no. And both of them are going to affect the engines. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. We're going to have to get out and push. So the engines are now malfunctioning. We're gonna cr are we going to crash? Well, at least Yikes. you guys are close. You're going to like have to limp over the finish line with this, right? Okay, yeah. This Essentially, it's just going to reduce your speed because of, this is a different style of combat. Okay, because it was two to the engine, here's how this is gonna work. It has reduced your speed essentially to negligible. So if you want to make that last little distance, you're gonna have to rely on Scriff to get the engine patched up just enough to like squeak over the finish line. I see oh, what you yes. did there. <laughs> Making wow. mouse jokes at my expense. Okay. <laughs> Only he gets to make those mouse jokes. Right. <laughs> okay. So do I need to, do I need to repair the engines to uh, do that? You can either repair the engines to get one square, or you can try to charge it up like you were doing before. Okay. Either one will work. Gotcha. Yes. Is is I got I want to see if the repair is like a temporary thing. Uh, for one hour. Okay. You know what? Hopefully that's probably. Uh, I think that's a better idea because we're gonna have to leave this place eventually. Uh, yeah, I don't know how long wise. we'll end up on here. So yeah, I'm gonna do a patch action. Okay. Go ahead and give me the roll. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Very nice. Okay. That will. You, you pull out the zip tape and just slap it on there and just wrench that thing up. It'll hold, but for who knows how long. Okay, it is your turn. I'm going in for a landing. Okay, so you guys managed to tape this thing back up 
just enough to inch over the finish line. Go ahead, give me a piloting check, 5e. Can do. This is probably going to be a rocky landing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's not a terrible one, but it's not great either. That's a 21. A 21. The ship's engines are smoking. It's pouring out the back, and you guys come in, and you essentially have nowhere else you can aim for because you just went straight ahead. You're aiming right at the landing pad that they've been taking off from. So you swing in there as hard as you can, and the the ship is just shaking as it gets close to it. You pull up the wheels to try to land this thing, and as you land, the front wheel snaps off, and you have to slide in. You smash through the big gate that the ships are launching from, and it screeches across the room and comes to a stop. It's on its side for like a whole second, and you guys are hanging on, and then it lands back on the belly. And you guys have officially landed on top of this god scythe. My poor ship. It's okay, baby. I'm going to fix you up later. Boarding is complete. Uzi, you might want to let Festering Boyle know that his people can leave. Uzi, try. Radio is not great. So Uzi tries to get on the radio. The static's pretty bad, but he's trying to communicate it. Swarkus Gore pulls up his giant hammer. Gludge cracks his knuckles again, and Victor pulls out a little pistol and is like, yeah. Let me see if I can give you a hand with that radio. Okay. Go ahead. Give me a roll. Natural 20. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. You get, you're pretty darn sure that you guys managed together to get the information across. It sounds like, what? That's it. But like you, you get enough through. You think you can't really tell what's happening anymore because you're in a, you know, you're inside the giant ship. But you think you got it. Hmm. Swarkus goes over and hits the airlock door. Let's do this. Oh, I can't start so, singing. Okay, <laughs> Pons hops out as well. Kind of takes a look all around. Pulls out both of his guns. Okay, you guys pull out your weapons as you get onto the platform. You see fires going off all over the room from smashing through. You see troops running around. Some of them look like they're running towards you. To your left, there is a big door. And then there's just other ships on the platform around. So you could go through the big door. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Richard. I was just going to say, yeah, probably head toward the the door if it's open, um, and we'll stay to one side so that we can clear the next chamber while still keeping cover. Okay. You go to the door. It opens. They were not expecting you guys to do this, so it's not locked. You guys move into the next room. It's a hallway. You can hear footsteps of soldiers coming your guys' direction. You look around the corner. It is a long tunnel. It seems like it splits as it goes on. We should look for some kind of security room and we can download a schematic of the ship okay so you guys move forward into this tunnel you're trying to be not like you're not all sliding along the walls like Kronk but you are trying to keep lower profile as you get (laughs) 
to this intersection. You see it goes to the left, to the right, and there's a door in front of you. As you get to this middle intersection, the door opens and kind of like what happened to the ship, you see a swarm of drones and they just start unleashing automatic gunfire in your direction. Swarkus says, scatter! But which way do you guys go, left or right? Uh, always go right. Okay. Okay. I thought there were three ways. There's a door that they just came out yeah, of. Yeah, they just came out and are firing at we you. We go you through the door, it, Adam. Yeah. Through well, it. Was I not clear? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take a lot of attacks on you if you do this. Well, like, are there mm. any signs that tell us where we can, like, wh what's where? Schematics. Yeah, right? there's. They didn't take time to label at this particular spot. You have a swarm of drone baddies shooting wildly at you right in front. Do you go left, okay. right, or do you try to barrel through? I, I'm good with right. I, I guess we'll go right. I really okay. I want to line up them up, though, Adam, and as many times mm -hmm. as possible, use my lightning thing that shoots 20 <laughs> foot in a, and just... You probably could have could yeah. do that, like shoot out nice. a whole bunch okay. of them. As you guys start running, you fire your lightning pistol into the crowd and you see a bunch of them get shocked and fall to the ground. The yes. rest of them start swarming at you. As you guys run to this the right, come in handy. you look over and you see Whomping next to you is Swerkus Gore. You look back in the other direction is Uzi, Gludge, and uh, Victor. They run to the left. You guys just split directions. Okay, oh, oh you dear. get you head to the right and you take a turn coming up uh, coming upwards, you get to another intersection, left, forward, right. What do you do? Uh, let's go back to the left this time, so we're heading further into the complex. Yeah. Okay. I think in general, you know, whenever possible, we should move in the direction of the helm, mm -hmm. like yeah. towards the front of the ship. Sure. Okay. You take the left corner just as the drones sweep into the hallway that you were just coming from. From here, there's two directions. You can go north or south. What do you do? I think I think we should keep heading northward um, if that's toward the helm. But I'd like to toss a frag grenade back at the drone swarm. Ooh, okay. Go yeah. ahead and give me a roll to hit. Okay. OMG, y'all. I'm so sorry. I just not one on a frag grenade. Ooh. Oh, that sucks okay. for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hopping on that. <laughs> so I'm going to need to roll the second time to see if I have to, to choose an unhappy card, right? Uh, yeah. Um, Just for 15, fun. 15 to confirm my failure. Okay. Or deny my failure. I'm you not sure which. You are denied a failure with that, my friend. Okay. <laughs> so you basically, you go to throw the grenade. You throw it down the hallway and then realize that you didn't pull the pin. So it just bounces around and they continue to chase after no. it. How far away is it? How far did he throw um, it? He threw it down the corridor. You can go back for it, but it's the like drones 20. are gonna be there. No, that's good. No, that no, grenade's wait, wait, wait. gone. How, how far did he throw it? Oh, Could you geez. grab it with one are of your like bandits? I it? wanna, I, no, I wanna use my remote hack. Yes. It has a range of 30 Ooh. feet. How can you that's hack a awesome. grenade? You I hacked a grenade to detonate it. I don't know. That is okay. a valid That's strategy. Really cool. Go ahead. If I Go ahead, can, if I roll. can rewire a uh, 
a door toaster or a toaster <laughs> remotely, I should be able to pull a needle out of a yeah. grenade. Sounds a little broken, but I'm it's excited. Just, it's just like if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, Same go ahead principle. and give me that roll. That's a 24. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you hug the grenade. Scriff stop turns back, and it shoots out this little cable, and it gets hooks onto the pin. And just as the drones get Nanobots. there, they fly over to it. Nanobots little, fly. We over established and this. <laughs> little Scriff hands made out of nanobots. <laughs> oh, how dare I have forgotten such a thing? <laughs> and pull the pin. Your nanites are blown to smithereens, but it takes out. A chunk of these drones. Okay, that'll slow them down as they come after you, but you still have a choice to make. North or south? North! North. There's north. Yeah, I'll follow you guys' lead, because I'm in slow power armor, so I'm probably lagging behind anyway. Okay. So, you head up to the north, and there is a quickly put together barricade in the way. You see a few guys hiding behind it. They start taking shots at all of you guys. Let's see. Okay, so I rolled to see who is going to hit out of the four of you, and it's going to hit pawns twice. No! Oh. Why? Tough break, buddy. Oh. Sorry, pal. No. Okay, that is... 12, no, sorry, yeah, 12 damage. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Can I retaliate with a daze or something? Yeah, you're welcome to do it. You're charging right at this barricade. It's up to you guys how you deal with the barricade. Yeah. Is it, is it more drones? No, this is actual people. Yeah, go ahead and make a will save for one of them then. Okay, you got it. That is a nine. No, oh, yeah, I they rolled failed. a one d ten. I apologize. <laughs> that is a no, fifteen. No. Uh, that meets my save DC. Okay. Uh, wait, you know what? Does it? No. What? Mm? It. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are charging right as the, this thing. They continue to fire. Um. Let's see. You guys. Okay. I'm gonna have Swarkus do a thing because all of you have done something. Yeah, okay, so Swarkus whomps his way out in front of you and with his hammer smashes the side of this barricade. And you may not know this about this hammer. This is a gravity hammer. Yes. And when he hits it, the entire barricade spreads out and flies into the hallway. All and right. It's, it's, Sick. Yeah, that's going to kill, like, all of them. <laughs> They're just beyond... <laughs> I guess it's all right. Okay. Oh. <laughs> he had just about, like, he was just about to turn and like give you guys a thumbs up and he was like, oh, <laughs> and then keeps running. <laughs> we all kind of look sad and we're like, oh, I wish I could have done that. <laughs> oh, well. All right, let's go okay. straight through. Do you guys want to yeah, just go through? Yeah, you guys go straight through. There yeah. is a left and a right. What do you do? Oh, crap. I'm getting disoriented on our direction. I feel like now. since we split, we maybe want to. So we took a right and then we took a left and then, and then a, we and went then straight. left and continued north. So I think we probably want to head back to the left and see if maybe we, it'll help us rendezvous with the other three. Yeah. Okay. Cat, based on our current position, what direction is the front of the ship? Ooh, you didn't ever really put a voice back onto that thing. Um, no, it's just like Microsoft Sam right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like Clippy, <laughs> or uh, or the the what's that robot voice from Half Life? 
That's what it sounds oh, like. Oh, yeah. I okay. see you're trying to evade enemy soldiers while, while storming the ship. Would you like some help with that? <laughs> did okay. I, did so, I install Towley into my... That's a melody to Punkatown. You guys came from the front of the ship. Now you're, now you're going towards, like, the middle. <laughs> That is not what is what cat sounds like now. You immediately delete it. <laughs> Start cycling through the different voices that I've got pre-programmed in this thing. British. So you guys essentially came from the front, and you guys are heading towards the middle of the ship, essentially trying to find the control room or whatnot. But uh, you guys are heading the right direction. North is the direction you need to go if you're looking for that, it assumes. Okay, so, so still left... Yeah, you still have left, and then you have uh, south, or I guess the You can go south. left or south. You can go west or south, <laughs> or you can go left and down. This really is like Google Maps. Let's go. <laughs> I'm I sorry. Choose to go I go eastbound and down. <laughs> Rerouting. Oh. Okay, what do you do, left or down? Left. 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 And 10,000 okay. feet. All right. Make a U-turn. You guys run to the left, and you get to a door. You go up, and you hit the button on the door. It goes, eh, eh. I can fix oh. it. Ooh. Yes, you can. <laughs> Cover me. <laughs> Please do. Uh, All right, I'll... Uh, engineering? Uh, yep, go ahead. Give me engineering. Yeah, I'll turn around and... 24. And aim my laser pistol, or a lightning pistol, back down the hallway. Okay, with 24. You guys aim down the hallway, and these drone swarms come around, and they are shooting wildly again at you. It's just like a storm of bullets flying at all times. Natural 20 for a 28 on the lightning pistol. Oh, nice. Hot. Oh, my God. Another natural one with my skip (laughs) shot. (laughs) Roll again, Richard. 18 to confirm or deny uber failure. (laughs) <laughs> okay, you have saved once again. These, this is a swarm. They're so easy it, to hit. You know, at least we're getting them out now. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, um, pawns. Uh, also roll again to see if you get fantastical card magic. All right. Card magic. Um, that is going to use more ammunition. I guess I can reset it later. Uh, Sixteen. Okay. Let's see. Da, 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 da. You have two options. You have. The target is flat-footed for 1d4, so their systems are, like, overloading. Or your allies get a circumstance bonus of plus one to attack rolls for one round, which basically next time you shoot at them or whatever. I'll take a plus one. That's fine. Okay. You guys get a plus one next time you shoot at these things. All right, um, Jeff, I'm going to need you to give me a heads or tails. Why? Uh, Tails. Trapped? Tails. Okay. As you're hacking this thing, the droids are shooting and everyone else is shooting back at them. A stray bullet flies over and hits the control panel and it sparks in your face. You go to look down at it. There's no way you can do this door anymore. I will beat this door. Focus. Give me a hand, (laughs) and we are going to work together and pry this door open. Okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, get it, door. Hans and 5e, give me a perception check while this is happening. 
Alright. Alright. I'm just really into this music. <laughs> 17 perception. Okay, pawns. It's a 33. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So get your skill well, rolls out of here. <laughs> I love perception. It's great. Oh my goodness. Okay. So while you're firing, you fall back a little bit. You see the two biggest people in the party now are trying to pry this door open. You look around, and behind you, you see a window that connects to another hallway across the way. And you see Gludge carrying Victor under one arm and Uzi riding on top, just thumping down that hallway, moving. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. metal as if. Give me your, I guess, athletics roll, Scriff. Not a strength roll? I mean, athletics is part of that. Uh, 25 for athletics. Okay, so you guys are basically doing a combo move right now. You're on the left door, Swarkus is on the right door, and Swarkus... On three! One, two... And on three, you guys... Start pulling on this thing. Swarkus rolled a 33 on his. Yeah! So... Better. (laughs) You guys... Wrench this door open, and you can see in Swarkus's face he's probably having too much fun right now. But uh-huh. <laughs> you guys wrench this door open and move Quickly, into the next the hallway. As the drones, they were stunned for a second, but they're in pursuit again. I'll continue providing covering fire as we move to follow them. Uh, when okay. they go through the door, when everyone gets through and we release the doors, do they like slam back shut? Yeah, they close back up, but they do have, like, a hole in the center from where you guys pulled. Gotcha. So some will be able to get through. This just might slow them down. All right, so you guys, they're in this hallway, and right now there's only one direction to go, and that's to your north. So you guys move down the hallway, round a corner, and you come through these double doors. And as you move into the double doors, they shut behind you, and you hear this heavy thunk. And then you hear another behind it. So it sounds like a secondary blast door has moved in behind. They've sealed us in. Race you. No. <laughs> you quickly, Why aren't we smarter than this? <laughs> you quickly scan the room and it's packed with rows of computers and a massive screen dominating the front of this space. There's a platform where you see a captain's chair towards the rear of it and a door across from the way you came. Since the ship is gargantuan, you can likely assume that this is one of the, like, the sub-control rooms. It might not be the big control room, you know. Ten Cyland soldiers stand interspersed through the control stations, and as they draw their weapons, the main screen (laughs) flickers to life. Main screen, turn on. It's you. (laughs) It's you. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, I don't know the reference. Archduke Peyton, all your base all belong to us now. (laughs) (laughs) So you see a picture of a rotund man appearing to be in his early 50s, dressed in a red military jacket with golden filigree. A gray mustache dominates his face, supplanted only by intense and unnatural purple eyes. Greetings, travelers from beyond the stars. Scriff 
pawns and 5e. I am Archduke Pathon, Triune's Wrath. My commander has instructed me to place you under arrest for processing and interrogation. However, I would fall below my holy station if I did not see you punished for your cowardly evasion of our forces and your egregious encroachment on this almost sacred of vessels. Men, see that at least one of them stays alive, but not the lizard. I'm afraid you'll find us exceedingly difficult to discipline. <laughs> we shall see about that. And I'm going to move you guys over to another map. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Whoa. This is like a movie theater. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, you know that, uh, what was it, a Mac commercial from the 80s? Yeah. The, where the, they throw uh, the, the big boy commercial. The TV at the big screen. That's what this map looks like, except with You're red not screens. Wrong. Yeah, you're not. I recently wrong. watched a making of video about that commercial. Actually, yeah, this is like straight out of that almost. <laughs> it's just rows of monitors and then a big old monitor up front. Did uh, Python run away? Python's on the monitor. Yeah, he's he's being broadcast from a remote location oh. to taunt us. So the first thing I would like to do is make a cold shot to any audio speakers nearby <laughs> so we don't have to hear him talk anymore. Okay, before you do that, everybody roll for initiative. Will the secondhand crew send Pathon packing? Or will this false prophet of pain pummel his prey into the pavement? Find out in part two of the Emergency Power Podcast season finale. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com. As well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.